0: Good morning. It's me again. <laughs> I am not here by popular request. I'm not even here at my request. <laughs> but uh, but I'm here. But I'm here. I feel like I can identify with the Apostle Paul when he said, "Although I am less than the least of all God's people," and I feel like that so many times. So thank you for the grace to let me be here today. But he also got, uh, sa- happens to say that although I'm less than the least of all God's people, this grace was given to me to teach the unsearchable riches of Christ. And what a privilege uh, to talk about this Christ that has been so, meant so much to me. Um, But let me stop there for for a moment. As you heard, maybe four, if you recall, four weeks ago, if you weren't here for that time, you can look at it online and put the pieces together. I'll touch on it a little bit today. But if you stop there for a moment and realize that if I had not received the strong teaching as a student, as a young adult here at Bannockburn, then I would likely not know much of Christ and certainly wouldn't be here speaking today. So grab hold of that for a moment. As believers came into my life here at Bannockburn, they encouraged me. They encouraged me to make different, and better life choices. They encouraged me to learn to serve other people and not just yourself. And as Susan and I, my wife Susan, we were both students, we benefited from the sacrifices that were made by that generation, great sacrifices. And in fact, uh, some of y'all may have missed, if y'all in the booth, if you could toss up 1973 for me, Groundbreaking, for those who didn't see earlier, do you see any neighborhoods, strip centers, grocery stores, highways? You know? But the founders had that vision. This subdivision being developed by Buford Stewart on the right also ended up coming to Bannockburn, being a part of founding Bannockburn, by the way, and he had set aside some property, property for a church someday. Someday came in 1973. The founders purchased that property and in 1974, a year later, August, you got that one? Construction began, and there we have the wonderful gymatorium, And that's what we're talking about as part of this campaign, the gymatorium. It's amazing. And Susan and I, we are literally the children, or she is, of the founders of this church when they were praying for future generations to hear about the wonders of the Lord. So keep in mind... The impact you can have, Susan and I, we're two people out of the thousands that have come through this worship center, student programs, senior programs, children programs, events here, and we're just two. Think about the impact that we can have on others' lives. This commitment card that you're praying over this morning is about more than a building. It's about paving the way so that future generations will hear about the wonders of the Lord. And then serve Him. Yes, we need to be good stewards of the buildings that God has given us. Yes, we do. Yes, the gemitorium has been uh, uh, set aside as a critical asset that we need to take care of, and that's going to be the first thing that we dive into. But here's the key, and here's what I really want to talk about. Why? (laughs) Why does it matter? And as I asked that question and answered it, I said, it matters because there was a mission that was set aside nearly 50 years ago ago as a new new church plant to reach this community for Christ. And now we're the extension of that. And as I thought about it, even this revitalization, in a way, is like a new church plant within the church. I mean, we've been planting churches. You know that, right? We're three campuses, one church. We have a Dripping Springs campus. We have a Buda Kyle campus. And we have what will be a revitalized South Austin campus that's gonna start with over 500 people. That's a pretty good place to start. You know, if you think about it, if I asked you for a vision for how to impact and where to impact the South Austin community for Christ, where do you think you might place that church? Would 7100 Brody Lane be a pretty good place to start? What do you think? I think, and it's a great place for us to serve. So what's next as we think about that? Um, As you look at it, folks, This gymatorium is about more than a building. It's about a place, as I reflect and spoke of a little bit a few weeks ago and still think about, a place of refuge, a place to deepen community in a very difficult and dark world. Yes, for students, yes. But actually for all of us, it'll be a place for all of us. We all need a place to form what should be our strongest identity followers of Christ, caring for each other, serving each other, as well as serving our community. So on Forward Sunday, a few weeks ago, I spoke about the purpose of Bannockburn when you were here. And I said, you know, what what are we here for? We're here to serve a community that we know will experience trauma. Am I right? We know that they need trauma care, God-filled, God-empowered trauma care to treat the needs of the poor and the captives and the oppressed and the blind. Are y'all with me? Okay. And as they come in here, they will be taught the foundation for our strength in the midst of tough times. They will be taught to obey the Lord Jesus Christ and to make him Lord of life. And so this morning, as we pray together about this vision, about this mission As a church, the Lord is asking us to trust him. Can you hold on to that? He's asking us to trust him. And as I thought about trust, I thought about an old Bible study that impacted me greatly, maybe some of you as well, experiencing God, Henry Blackaby. And I thought he had seven principles for how we can Experience God straight from the scripture. It's a great study. And so I wanted you to see it. And number one, God is always at work around us. Did you know that? Over 50 years, you saw the field that we started in. And now we're surrounded by people. Neighborhoods, grocery stores, apartments, people are everywhere. God is at work. It's amazing. Number two, God pursues a continuing love relationship that is real And personal so it's not just about the church but you in the church and me in the church it's personal God demonstrates his own love toward you Steve and toward you and toward you it's a personal thing and so he's asking us to engage and then three he invites us to become involved with him in his work that's what this campaign is about it's getting in on what God is up to. That's what the founders were all about. That's why they can plant a church in the middle of far South Austin, which is now nearly in the middle of the city, isn't it? As you look at Central Texas. Number four, God speaks by the Holy Spirit through the Bible, through prayers, through circumstances in the church to reveal himself, to reveal himself, his purposes and his ways. That's what the South Austin revitalization team has been working on for the last year. I was not part of that team, by the way, but they worked for over a year to discern, Lord, what is it we should do? How should we do it? How do we talk to the congregation about it so that we can all march forward together? We desire, they said, to see God, his purposes and his ways. And then it comes to the one that I had focused on from the very beginning before I re-looked at the others. And that is God invites you to work with him and it always leads you to a crisis of belief that requires faith and action. Always I've got to decide, am I going to get in on what God is up to? You know, from my former life, (laughs) I'm very familiar with crisis. Anybody else familiar with crisis? But I didn't know much about faith. Faith. What is faith? I learned about faith from what it's not. Faith is not wishing something to be true. Did you know that? Faith is not jumping off the stupid cliff hoping God will catch you. (laughs) Did you know faith is not even believing something is true? Faith is believing something that is true. Hope that is assured, the word says. So faith. Number six, you must make major adjustments in your life to join God in what he is doing. In campaigns like this, it's a time to look and go, okay, there's some adjustments I need to make. Maybe they're life adjustments, maybe they're financial adjustments so that I can be a part of this. But can I set that aside for a second? When I transitioned from former life to life of walking with God, there were major adjustments. Can I hear an amen? Major adjustments. Adjustments in in my interactions with my family. Adjustments with you guys. Adjustments with the outside world. My friend makeup began to change who I hung around the most. We become like what we think about most and who we hang around the most. Is that a, not a truism of scripture and true. And yes, I, I changed how I thought about money. You come to know God by experience as you obey him and he accomplishes his work through you. Church is not a commodity, I learned, to be consumed Church is a body, people are different. We come together, different giftings, different desires, just like that South Austin revitalization team, it's made up of very different people, of different ages and different skills and gift sets. And so are you, and we're moving forward together. That's the the prayer, that's the dream. Can I put Blackaby's quote in my own words? Steve, you have a choice to make. Are you going to trust me or not? And trust or lack of trust is something I know quite a bit about. When the food cupboards are bare and so are the clothes on your back. When the landlord knocks on the door for past due rent payments, when you live in an environment of anger and addiction. I struggle with trust. In a group this size, as I look at you, there are some of you that know exactly what I'm talking about. You hear that word trust, and it's like a violation goes off in your head. And yet, we have a good, good father, don't we? And he asks, Steve, trust me. And Proverbs 3, he says it well. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And do not lean on your own understanding. Can I put that last phrasing? And do not lean, Steve, on your past experiences. Are y'all with me? In all your ways, acknowledge him. And he will direct your path. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Trust is a choice. We come to a point for a crisis of belief so many times, and God says, Steve, are you, are you going to trust me in the midst of this? Because I'm going to direct your path, but I can choose not to trust him. Would you agree with me? It's a choice. I can choose not to trust him. So, Steve with this context, with this background that we heard about a few weeks ago and you've expressed a little bit today. How did you grow to trust the Lord? What happened when you faced a crisis of belief? I would love to tell you, when I faced a crisis of belief, I just went with Jesus. That's not the truth. I told you a few weeks ago, I I came to Bannockburn for the first time in June beginning of a summer, meet a pretty girl, you know, come to church here and there over the next couple of months. My birthday was in August. And so I got to see a little bit of light through Susan, her family, the church, but I was holding on to the old world. I know none of y'all know what I'm talking about, but I was holding on, right? And so I decided I would spend my birthday weekend uh, where I usually spent weekends, and that was on Sixth Street. And in those days, do you all know what 6th Street is? is it, I don't know if it's still the same, right? By the way, you also need to know that I told myself I would not be like my father. So to give you an example, just a, a day in the life of Steve, my dad woke up, put whiskey in his coffee, drank the rest of the day, and for the evening made a nightcap of whiskey. Are you got that? I wasn't going to do that. I was only going to get really drunk on the weekends completely different. Right? Completely different. And by the way, for you kids in here, no, it's not completely different. It's the same pathway. And so I decided I was going to do that that birthday weekend, went out with friends, somehow a group of guys, and we ended up in a brawl, a street fight. (laughs) And uh, I ended up in the hospital. For those that were here a few weeks ago, it seems to be a habit of mine, doesn't it? But I was in the hospital. I had a busted nose and my front tooth was chipped off. And I remember, I can picture it even as we speak. I had a white button down on that was covered in blood. And I'm sitting there at one point by myself and my head is rocking in pain. My face, my mouth is bleeding and I said out loud To myself and to the Lord. Lord, what am I doing here? I'm a Christian. What am I doing here? And that bad choice began the first steps of making some better choices. It allowed me to come to the end of myself. Susan's example spoke to me as I engaged. Did you know, by the way, people are watching you? She's learned, I was watching her. Some of you know, she's come, I came into a family, she, she has two severely brain, brain damaged sisters. And I walked into that situation, I thought stuff like that just happened to people like me. But believers have to walk through that kind of thing? And yet she had, I enjoyed being around her. She loved to have fun. She could have a smile on her face. Not always, right? But you know what I mean. And yet she loved the Lord. And that spoke to me. Does that kind of thing speak to you? In the midst of it. And I began to change. Hmm. I began to change. And start the process of trusting God. His word says, Steve. It doesn't actually say Steve, but I always put my name in there. Is that all right? Cast your anxieties on me, and I will care for you. I believe him. He said, fear not, Isaiah uh, 41. Fear not, for I have redeemed you, Steve. I purchased you. I called you by your very name. You are mine now. So when you pass through the waters, I'll be with you. And through the rivers, they will not overflow you. When you walk through the fires, you will not be scorched. No more the flames burn you. Why? Because I am the Lord, your Savior. Remember that, Steve. Remember. And I learned that. Times of pain will still come. Can I say that? Is that okay? Believers, unbelievers, times of pain are going to come. And we have a choice. Are we going to trust him or not? I had the accident I described a few weeks ago. I didn't really speak of Susan. When she came outside and saw me, unconscious and blood on the patio and calling 911, and she was praying. And yes, she was on hold on 911. And she said, Lord, whatever happens, you and me will handle this. Whatever happens. That's trust. That's trust. It's what it looks like, real life. GK Chesterton said in the midst of trials in times of difficulty, the tendency is to turn away from God. But in heaven's name, to what? And Steve, it's easier for Steve. I know what it's like to live life without the Lord. And I know what it's like to live life with the Lord. And I've had trauma in both. To have no hope, to have no one care for you, Hmm. Well, an unbeliever might say to me, Steve, though, come on. Where was God in your youth? Where was God with you in college? All this stuff happening to you. Why don't you hang on for a moment then? Because the word says that he charts the path ahead of me. He knows everything about me, Psalm 139. So that means, Lord, you were with me even in my darkest times. Really? Yeah, my house was a mess. It was chaos. It was some place you did not want to be. And I wasn't there that often. Why? Because God provided for me. I had friends in the neighborhood. I think of them, the Wrights and the Schutz family. I was at their house every day, I think. I'm looking backwards at the parents, and I'm thinking, they must be thinking, goodness, does this guy not have a place to live? But they never said that to me. Coach Atkinson, he saw me play ball with some of these friends, and he said, Steve, I'd like you to play on my ball team as a young boy. And I said, I can't play on your ball team. I don't have the money to do that. To my mom, and he said, A man of little means said, I'll take care of that. I'll take care of his expenses. I'll help him with the equipment and I'll take him to ball games. Is there a coach Atkinson here? Mrs. Green, fifth grade reading teacher. Do y'all remember your fifth grade reading teacher? She was so excited about reading and I'm a boy, pardon the generality, I'm just going reading, right? But she was so engaged and I caught it. And it allowed me to read and escape emotionally. Are you with me? Have you ever escaped emotionally? And it helped me advance my education later on, but I tell you what, it escaped, helped me escape physically as well. Because I started, because I wanted to read Go to a library. For you young folks, a library is a square building with lots of books. You don't actually own the books, you get to borrow them. It's a pretty cool experience. Mrs. Green, Mrs. Milliken, in high school, my mom and dad could no longer financially take care of me, so I needed to find a job. Miss Milliken heard about that. And she found me a job. But she didn't just do that. She went to the school administration and worked out a plan so I could stay in school, go to school half a day, work another half, and that way I could work 25, 30 hours a week. Any Mrs. Millicans in the room? I had a friend, Jay, through thick or thin, high school and college. Seemed to always be there. Do, y'all, do you have a Jay in your life? Have you? Are all of these accidents? I go before you. I follow after you. And I place a hand of blessing on your head. For you, in the midst of trials, pain, worry, think about this people, events, and things that you can be thankful for because the Lord provides all that. And some of you will have situations neighborhoods, coaching, teaching, friendship, where you can just make a difference. That is God using you to serve. Mm. Here's what scripture states as the bottom line. The more we practice trusting God, the more light he shines on our path. Can I say that again? The more we practice trusting God, the more light He shines on our path. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. I remember as I was, Susan and I were going through, you you say, how did you learn about trusting in finances? The same way. And when we started giving, our financial situation changed overnight, didn't it? Just like that. Y'all know that's not true. We laugh about it even today. Tortillas and beans, right? They go a long way. Ramen noodles or whatever y'all use today. But I learned a lot. More important. The Lord said to me through Paul in Romans 8, he who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for you, Steve, how will I not also freely give you all that you need? And in truth, Susan and I have lived a life where our needs have been met, struggle or not, So as we close here, life is crazy. I could say to myself, I just don't have time to think about stuff outside my family right now. I mean, there's just so much going on. And look at the financial chaos and look at the political unrest and division and cultural stuff and all that. And that leads me to remind myself of something the founding pastor Jim Abington would say, in times like that, just get still. Physically, spiritually, emotionally, just get still so you can hear. And so I've done that, Susan's done that, we've done that. Mm-hmm. A crisis of belief that requires faith and action. Steve, what part are you going to play in this this church's story so that future generations will hear about the wonders of the Lord? Just trust God. The story continues in us. The story of this church. and, And we don't want the flame to burn out. It's not going to burn out, is it? Everyone is here for a reason. Everyone can make a difference. We're part of God's story for such a time as this, as the word says. Just get still. And you'll hear a word behind you saying, this is the way. Walk in it. And then, trust God. And join Him in what He's doing. And join me in prayer as you do. Father God, We are believing and we are confident that our children will also serve you. It's what your word says in Psalm 77, future generations will hear about the wonders of the Lord. Your righteous acts will be told to those not yet born. They will hear about everything you have done, Lord. And so, As Hebrews says, Lord, we will hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. For you who promised are faithful. And we will consider how to stir one another up to love and good deeds, not forsaking our assembling together, but encouraging one another, Lord. And for those here, Father God, and for those that are guests, facing trial, and pain, and worry, I'm so sorry. But here's what I know, Lord. You say that nothing can separate us from your love. Death can't, and life can't. The angels can't, the demons can't. My fears about tomorrow, Even the powers of hell can't keep God's love away from me. And whether I'm high above the sky and things are going great, or in the deepest ocean and life is a pit, nothing, Lord, nothing, nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate me from your love revealed in Christ Jesus, my Lord. What is God saying? And all the people said.